0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the pastor here, and we're so glad that you've decided to join us for part two of Bless This Home. And we're looking at Jesus teaching what some consider the greatest sermon of all time. And he's teaching uh, attitudes and these, these certain quality and way of life that we can have that really does do life God's way. And I just want to review kind of where we we started last week, and we looked at kind of the first four key attitudes that bring blessing to our lives, that bring blessing to our families. The first is, uh, blessed are the, the poor in spirit. We talked about that last week, just God meets us right where we are. He rescues us from, from ourselves. We talked about blessed are those who, who mourn, blessed are those who meek, and then blessed are those who hunger and thirst uh, for righteousness. And today, we're going to continue kind of unpacking a little bit of what that righteousness looks like, looking at the next few attitudes of of Jesus' teaching. But before I want to do that, I just want to encourage you that it's easy to be overwhelmed sometimes when you look at Christian standards, when you read the scriptures, when you see even other people's lives who follow Christ. Certainly, when you hear Jesus' words, there's a sense of which He's talking and describing something that you may have never known. So, Jesus. Here's something you find out. Jesus is is really showing the ideal for Christ followers, but often what's real is discouraging. And so he's, he's painting this picture. Here is the good life. Here is the blessing that flows when you obey his commands, when you do life his way, when you surrender and you decide to follow him. But when you look at your own life and what you're dealing with, again, it can be discouraging. I don't know if you like to bake or you like to cook. In this season of this quarantine, I've gotten into sourdough bread making and the process. And sometimes the picture of this recipe or this roll that I've been aiming to make has been one thing and it comes out another. Uh, Here, here Here's some cooking fails that I looked up on the internet. Somebody trying to cook a turkey. I'm sure the picture they had in their mind, you can see the picture there. That's quite a bit charred than I think they were hoping for. The second picture here is of some dinner rolls. What would some cute smiley faces look like? And then I don't know if you could see the caption there, but tortured souls begging for death. I, I think that actually captures it. Again, reality and ideal. The third is, is if you wanted to make some, some deviled eggs, maybe it was just in time for, for Easter and you got these pictures of a cute little you know, chick there, but then you see the reality. One looks ideal. The other looks like the plate was dropped. Now, the reason I bring this up is that's how family life can feel. Again, Jesus is is painting this picture of this is the Christian life. This is the ideal. This is really the good that can flow. But you may look around at your family, your marriage, your own life, and you get discouraged. I want to encourage you, God meets you right where you are. And part of the journey of the Christian life is when you turn to follow Him and you surrender to Him, and you begin to to read the Scriptures and you begin to, to pray and you gather around the church community, and, and you, you you do life together, and you, you share your faith with others. These are all the things that we do that, that help us grow. And as we grow, we, we make progress. And so in Jesus' teaching, again, it's easy to look at your life and be discouraged, but the greatest news is that God meets you right where you are. And so I want to kick off by looking at the second set of attitudes that bring blessing to unpack a little bit more of The righteousness that he uh, describes. And so here's just some more attitudes that bless our home. And this is in Matthew 5. And it says, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. And this is Jesus talking again. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. So again, it starts with a key attitude and then the blessing that flows from it when you actually choose it when you choose it in daily life and so let's start at the first one blessed are the merciful now mercy here really has this connotation of a blessing that comes when you're you're kind and you're compassionate so certainly with those in your life there's a, a certain edge like you you want to help them you want to meet them uh, where they're at. Specifically, this mercy is extended uh, to people who may bother you. They, they may have done something to, to offend you and you may want to let them have it. It could be your kids, it could be your spouse, your roommate, a coworker, anyone in your life. They do something and it just grinds on you. Well, the merciful, they, they tend to overlook an offense. There's this compassion where you, you try to see uh, things from, from their uh, perspective, and so Jesus is saying, you know, blessed are you if, if you don't let things get to you and you meet people right where they are and you extend a, a kindness and a compassion uh, to them. Uh, for me, it, it's sometimes helpful to think of the opposite. So Jesus is saying, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. I think the opposite is unhappy. Again, blessing is happiness, but unhappy are the harsh because they will be treated harshly. And that's actually how life is. If you tend to extend harshness or you're unkind to people, what what normally happens is that that actually comes right back to you. And that's what Jesus is getting at is when, when you extend mercy, mercy tends to flow back. When you extend kindness and compassion, it comes back to you. And, you know, harshness is something that I can struggle with in my own life. I can wake up and sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I'm overwhelmed with different things I have going on in my mind. And as my kids are relating to me, I maybe have a very short fuse. And so if I'm dealing harshly with them and I respond and I kind of shut them down, what I'm doing now is, is there's this clog in the relationship. Like there's no flow of love that's that's being made. It's just this grind and the gears begin to halt. It's the same with our, our marriages. It's the same in all of our relationships. So what Jesus is saying is, blessed are you if if you extend this kindness and compassion to others, so love can actually flow. So some, some key questions to ask for you in this is, what does, and the person you're relating to, what does my, my kid or what does my, my husband, what does my roommate, what does my wife, what do they need right now? What is it they, that they have going on in their life? See, the merciful are actually looking at the person and what they have going on. Instead of reacting, it's actually kind of taking a, a proactive uh, response. What are some things that they, they need right now? And then the second part of being merciful is, is how uh, can I help them? So what do they need? And then how can I help them? See, it's so easy to get reactive. But what Jesus is saying is, blessed are you if, if you push forward this wave of compassion. If you look for what they need and then you meet those needs. So I don't know, that that encourages me. How can I? see what people need, and then do what I can to meet that need. The second, in verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So now the second attitude is, is purity. Now, mercy, for the most part, is blessed with the merciful, is, is really talking about our relationship with, with others as we relate to other people. The pure in heart is really actually focusing on our relationship with God himself, how we relate to God It's interesting. The pure in heart is tied to clarity. Blessed are the pure in heart for they they shall see. They shall see God. I don't know if you've ever been relating to somebody or talking with them and their cell phone goes off. Maybe they get a call or they get a notification. Well, it's easy if you get a notification on your your cell phone for you to begin to, you feel that buzz and maybe the person you're talking to, they they hear it. And are you the type of person that you just want to look at what that says? Because you you know your your phone has buzzed there's somebody that wants to get a hold of you well as soon as somebody begins to reach for their phone they begin to maybe look down at it there's now no more kind of communication or relating happening with the person that you've been talking with your your phone now has your attention and it's it's easy to do that but as soon as that happens again the clarity is lost between the relationship the communication stops your your eyes are on something else what jesus is talking about here is is it so easy in life to have our attention on so many other things besides God? There's things that, that we want. There's goals that we have. Uh, there's sins that we struggle with. There's attitudes that we get in, maybe the grumbling and complaining, where all we can see is the bad and the wrong in people, and our circumstances. What Jesus is saying is, is when you are like that, you're, you're a divided person. That's really the, the opposite. Unhappy, Are the divided, for they will have little clarity. So Jesus is talking about having this divided heart where we can't really focus on what God wants for us in a situation because so many things are vying for our attention. When you're trying to focus on so many things at the same time, you have little clarity. It's blurred, you can't see right. And so Jesus is saying is blessed are those who remember. That God is is the person that that they serve. Like They need to give their full attention to Him. Practically for me, that means every day I need to wake up with a sense of I need to spend some time with God. I need to get into the scriptures. I need to pray. I need to tell Him what's going on in my life. I need to confess the things that kind of are dividing me. For me, sometimes it's just realizing that I'm playing games with God. Like I'm just kind of doing my own thing. Maybe on the outside, I'm saying what I should say. I'm doing what it seems like I should be doing, but on the inside, I'm, I'm just divided. I'm, I'm looking out for my own interests. I'm concerned with the things I shouldn't be concerned with. Again, if you remember last week, the religious leaders, they were so focused on the outward appearance. In fact, we talked about that last week. What matters is who you are, not what you do. And so our encouragement this week is the same as last week. Focus on the attitudes of the heart and mind, not on appearances and achievements. That's actually what it means to be pure in heart. Like I'm allowing God to continue to work on me on the inside. And as God changes you from the inside, it it actually comes on the outside and you become a different person. You don't have to fake it. And so some key questions to ask related to that are, am I confessing my sin regularly to God? We talk about confession a lot because that's something that keeps us healthy. It's actually this, this kind of checkup that we, we have with God where, God, here are some things in my life that are wrong, that I've done, that I've thought. Here's my approach and how I'm kind of going off track. And confession is just agreeing. Yes, God, I'm, I'm wrong. I need your help. Will you, will you forgive me? When you do that, actually, God helps. So that first question, am I confessing my sin regularly to God? And the second question is this, am I saying one thing and doing another? Again, am I a divided person? You can't experience blessing in your life, blessing in your family, blessing in your other relationships if you're faking it. With your mouth, you're saying you should be doing something and you're not, or you're encouraging your kids to do something, but you're doing the opposite. Again, what Jesus is saying is blessed are the people that they're all on the same page. Like what they say and what they do match. And so you just may want to ask yourself, like, Am I confessing? And you may have never confessed to God. And that's okay. Again, God meets us right where we are. So if you notice just there's some things inside you where you're divided, you're just struggling, you're you're battling, just admit that to God. Tell him. He can take it. And he's so gracious and he's kind and compassionate. He's merciful, just like we just talked about. And so confess to God and then just ask him, is there anything where there's kind of division where I'm saying one thing and doing another? if you kind of begin to align, you begin to do things God's way and you let him through his word transform you, you will live a blessed life. And the promise is what? You will see God. Now, I don't know if you've ever had like an old TV that you watched recently or an old movie that maybe didn't have the technology of the new HD, but here's a picture of of SD versus HD. When you look at that, doesn't that seem like how did I ever watch anything that was not in HD? But you see, when that's all you know or all you see, you get used to it. So what Jesus is saying is, is when you turn to God and you're honest with where you are and you confess the things that maybe are, are vying for your attention and you just ask God for help, it's, it's like seeing clearly for the first time. You're seeing in, in this HD and that brings so much greater clarity. It's a sense of, you know, I know what God's purpose is for me. I know where I need to be headed. There's a sense of direction. And that's really the clarity and seeing God that Jesus describes there. So let's let's go on to verse 9. So we've talked about the merciful in verse 7. We've talked about the pure in heart in verse 8. And here's what verse 9 says. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Very interesting. Now we've talked about mercy. We've talked about purity. Now we're going into peace. And again, I think this is a lot of what righteousness is. If you hear talking about, I want to be a righteous person. A lot of it stems from this idea of somebody who's merciful, pure in heart, and also somebody who works for peace. Now, have you ever had an argument uh, with somebody Maybe it's your spouse, and maybe your kids have walked in, and have you ever seen your kids' faces, and there's a certain look of like, awkward, or have you ever done that where you've maybe walked into a situation where some people are fighting, and you can just cut the awkwardness. It's just so thick. That's what it is when there's conflict, and conflict actually leads to, to really little blessing in relationships. We, we know that. That's something that, that we all experience But what Jesus is saying is, blessed are you, not not when you just don't experience conflict, but it's actually blessed are you when you work for peace. We all know we don't want conflict, but are we working for peace in our relationships? So what does that look like? Well, let's start with the opposite again. Unhappy are the troublemakers, for they will be alone. So blessed are the peacemakers— Unhappy are the troublemakers. Really, the opposite of making peace is, is you're, you're you're making trouble. Surely that, that's just how we can maybe stir up things as we relate to people. I think that speaks a lot. Peacemaking to goodwill. Like we we think the best. We, we don't think the worst. When we're relating to somebody, we're not assuming that they're trying to get us or they're doing that on purpose. A few weeks ago, we got some Thai food for takeout. We had never been to this place. We're supporting a local business, and we had just a, a feast. And we had some leftovers. And I don't know if that's how you like to order, but I always like to order more food so we'll have leftovers for the next day. And so the next day came and I had had just these leftovers in a container that I had decided were for me. And I may have planted seeds just in the family that everyone knew, like those were dads. And uh, my wife and I and our youngest son, Jude, went on a hike and two kids stayed home and they were doing uh, some schoolwork and came back. And I just couldn't wait for these leftovers. In fact, on the hike, I had this thought, do the kids know that are home that I want to eat these leftovers? And I just kept thinking about it. And and I started actually obsessing and I was looking at my phone and realized I had no reception. So there was no way for me to communicate that these leftovers that we had had were, were for me. And I got home. And I think the first thing I did, and I know this is kind of embarrassing to admit, but the first thing I did is I, I walked right to the fridge, I opened the fridge, and, and what do you think? There were no leftovers in sight. I opened the trash can, and there were the container where the leftovers were in. And at that point of time, I thought, didn't my kids know that those leftovers were for me? And honestly, I was frustrated because I thought those were mine. And so I asked them, like, didn't you know those were for me? No, dad, I I thought they were the families. And as soon as your kids begin to say things and reason with you, and it makes more sense than your reaction, you usually know you're, you're not on the right track. In that moment, what I realized is, you know what? I was not thinking goodwill. I was thinking that they were out to get me. And not only that, but I was just thinking about myself. And so this frustration, the conflict was starting because... I had had my own expectation for what they were going to do or what they should do or what was right or how they needed to do what's best for me. To be a peacemaker actually realizes that, you know what? I'm not going to take an offense easily. I'm not going to think that they're out to get me as it relates to our family. You know, I'm I'm going to think the best. It's easy sometimes to think the worst. Even with the people that we love the most, sometimes we, we don't cut them much slack at all. And so what Jesus is saying, saying is, bless bless are you if if you really work to diffuse conflict. Now, one of the best ways that you can defuse conflict and I can defuse conflict is in the way that we react and respond. The faces that we make, the words or lack of words. Have you ever looked at somebody and you could tell by the look they give you that they're not happy? We have a parent look, we have a dad look, a mom look, a spouse look. We have all these looks that we can give where people know, uh-oh, something is wrong. Well, to be a peacemaker realizes that we're, we're careful of how we're, we're coming across, We're careful with our responses, our words, what we say. We want to do all that we can to make peace in the situation. And so for spouses, practically what this means is that if kind of conflicts beginning to to rise and you you know, you know when things are starting, you you know, there's tension, you know, you know what to say to get them riled up. They know what to say to get you riled up. You, you, You take a step back and say, you know what? Am I working for peace right now? Am I thinking the best of them? Am I careful with my words? Sometimes you just have to to slow down. Let the emotion just not overwhelm you. Uh, With with your kids, it's actually the same. Uh, When they don't do something, oftentimes you just have to take a step back and say, you know what? I am so frustrated right now because I've asked them to do this for the thousandth time. Have you ever said that as a parent? I know I have. And then the next time it's a hundred thousandth time in the million and we just in our head just how could they keep doing this well oftentimes it's just their kids and just like God has to relate to me as his child I mess up a lot I forget I say one thing and I do another we actually have to have the same graciousness with our with our own kids and so to be a peacemaker realizes you know what, they're not just doing this out to get me to make my life difficult, even though at times as a parent it does. But how can I, how can I respond in a way that that's loving, that that's gracious? And so with your spouses, we can do that with your kids, with your roommates, with the different people that that you can relate to. Uh, here's a clip that I I saw recently. I don't know if you've seen the Some Good News by John Krasinski, and he's been putting out episodes every week. And he's basically in this season. And I think this is great. In this season. There's so much negativity, there's a lot of fear and anxiety, and he's trying to focus on the good. Well, this past week, I came upon this clip, and it's very brief, just a few seconds, of two toddlers that are working for peace with one another. Let's watch that together. I like you. I like Oops. you. I am how you folks work on you. Don't one. Wait, wait, bus. I don't know if you could capture that. But when one toddler said to the other, is like, sorry, I hit you with my truck. And the other said, it's okay. And they, 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 they embraced. Another way that you can really promote peacemaking in the home specifically is if, if you're a parent and your kids have a conflict with each other, throw a party when they make things right. Oftentimes we overreact or we react very strongly to the bad things that are happening. What you wanna do is you wanna match the reactions to the good things. In fact, you wanna go over and beyond the reaction of the bad things, because what you're saying is this is a big deal. So if your kids make things right with each other, and I would encourage that, if there's conflict between siblings or between family members, we wanna make things right. Admit where there was wrong, ask for forgiveness, take responsibility. When that happens, that's a celebration. That's like a peace party, like wow, there was this problem. There was this conflict. But now we're, we're at peace. Now notice the blessing. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. What he's saying is is peace. When you experience this, when there was a problem and when there was a conflict, it's actually a great picture of the family of God. Why? Well, just like we talked about last week, we've been rescued and God went to the greatest lengths to send Jesus to this earth to die for our sin so that we could experience peace with him. He sacrificed his own son so that we may know peace. And when we turn to him and when we ask him for help in the middle of conflict, again, the family of God is represented. And it's this great picture of how peace can come. And so I wanna encourage you, a couple questions you can ask. The first is, am I thinking the best of those around me? Again, a big part of peace is goodwill. And goodwill is, am I thinking the best, not the worst? You just want to ask that. Am I thinking the best? The second question, am I clearing up my wrong with others? Again, peace doesn't mean that there's no problems. In fact, the only way we can experience peace is when conflict happens and it's actually handled in the right way. And so when Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, he's saying, blessed are you when you don't run away from conflict, you don't act like it hasn't happened, but instead you face it and then you you look to make it right. And so if you've sinned, you are normal. If you've said something to your spouse that you regret, you're normal. If you've been harsh with your kids, you're normal. If your kids fight with each other, they're normal. If sometimes you wake up and you think, man, we are all at each other, you're normal. In this season of life, we're all at home. There's still so much unknown. I'm starting to wonder questions like, are we going to have a summer? And those questions aren't the most helpful, but that just can add to just uneasiness in home life that can add to uneasiness in our own inner person. And so conflict is easy. To, it's on the rise. It's stressful. It's stressful. So don't don't be overwhelmed if if there is conflict. But the key question is, am I clearing it up when it happens? And so you just may want to look at just those things and just begin to ask the questions. As I wrap up, we've looked at three key attitudes. Again, counterintuitive to a lot of our experience. It starts with the mercy, then the pure in heart, and then this, this peacemaking. Well, what Jesus is saying is these attitudes are are like these ingredients that you begin to mix in. And you you mix those in with the attitudes and ingredients that we talked about last week. And as you begin to do this, what, what Jesus is saying is this is the blessed life that you can experience. And so don't be overwhelmed by where you see you're lacking, but ask God for help. He will meet you right where you are. So in closing, just think for yourself. There's three attitudes that we've looked at. Out of these three, whether it's mercy, pure in heart, peacemaking, what's one that you think you need to focus on this week? And focus on maybe, you know what, I need to go back to Matthew 5 and I may need to read that scripture from 7 through 9 and just ask God to speak to me. I encourage you to do that. It could be that you may just need to decide, you know what, tomorrow, the next day, the rest of this week, I really need to focus on extending mercy to those around me. It could be that, You maybe need to spend some time confessing some sin to God. Take some time to do that. It may mean that that you need to really think the best and and that goodwill and and that peacemaking that that I talked about. So I encourage you, focus on one of the attitudes that you can apply uh, this week. And in closing, I just want to let you know that as your pastor, I'm, I'm praying for you. Again, Jesus meets us right where we are and as we turn to him for help, we can experience these blessings. And I believe as you keep turning to God, you keep trying to spend time with Him every day, trying to spend some time in the Word, praying to Him, asking for help, He will meet you right where you are. He will meet us where we are. And as a church, these blessings can be real. And so you have a great week. Thank you so much for joining. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the reminder that you meet us where we are not where we think we should be. And you meet us right here in the present. God, I pray that these blessings will be true of our life, that we will be merciful, that we'll extend kindness and compassion to those around us, that we'll be pure in heart towards you, that we won't have uh, just mixed motives. And when we do have mixed motives, which we, we always do, that we'll be able to just recognize these desires and confess them to you. Help us just to be people that who we are on the outside matches who we are on the inside. And God, finally, we just pray that this peace that you promise that represents your family, I just pray for peace on all the families of Ridgeview, of all the families watching, that people really know a peace that surpasses understanding, that this peace is something that represents the family of God. And I pray that people will be encouraged by the work that you're doing in their lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.